Hey everybody, it's Michael Martin. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for being here. So I have two quick things I can go over, and today's going to be a little shorter than previous episodes, only because I'm kind of cranked for time. Um, but I want to talk over two things. One is what do you do when you're frustrated, and then where do you find potential names for trading, not investing? So if you're frustrated, you have a tendency to, or you can have a tendency to want to try to take revenge on the market. And uh, that was the, the thrust of a, of a recent email from somebody in that they get in, they get knocked out. They get in, they get knocked out. And, you know, I've been there. That's happened to me and it's a drag. But it's one that you know is going to happen. Um, but what you don't want to do when things aren't working is increase your frequency, nor do you want to increase your size. The market is communicating with you. You don't have to like what it's saying, but if you try to come in over the top, it's like this isn't Twitter, uh, you know, where you can you can do that. I myself don't have any use for it, as you probably can see in my own Twitter feed. Um, but if you kind of shout over the top of the market, it's typically a bad thing. And if you make money doing it, it's just like these folks from Reddit trying to make money with GameStop. It's not a... Um, you'll be rewarded for doing, you know, an unsound business practice process. And you want to live by your process if you're a trader. It's not any one instrument, right? It's more about what's your style, what's, what are your habits. That process will likely predict where you end up as long as you can act consistently. But losing streaks are a part of life. And in choppy markets like this where you're seeing, um, here's another misnomer, a false breakout. How the hell can it be a false breakout if the thing's making new highs? The new high's in. It's a breakout, right? So what they're trying to say, I guess, with the false breakout is the new high was put in, but it doesn't stick and it reverses lower. I would still call that a breakout. Um, but nonetheless, let's not fight over words. But you could find yourself in those spots where markets break out and they stall. They break out. They reverse down. That's the kind of market that we're in, and you don't have to like it, but if you let that frustrate you, and day after day after day, and you think, you know, you see a new trade, and you want to win it back, and you want to improve your performance, and you want to, you know, try to show the market a lesson, it's probably going to work against you. The best thing to do if you're really, really upset is to really sit on your hands and take a couple of days off, because you don't need to induce you know self-inflicted pain markets already there trying to morph and kill you and take your money that's how it works right that's markets evolve and you're going to have to evolve too and over all the years that i've done this every system will have its day in the sun the question is when do you know to move and pivot and if you're in that sense of frustration and you agree that trading is whatever three quarters plus trading psychology and emotional intelligence, then, you know, what's the point of trying to dig in and, and prove a point with the market, right? I've seen that happen a million times. Most of the time, people come in too big, they start trading too frequently, and they get hit. They get hit even harder. And then they're in a, in a spot where they're not just aggravated now, they're pissed. And when you start going on tilt like that, I promise you, it's probably going to end very badly. And I just find that it's it's better to say, look, the market doesn't even know you're trading. 
So it's not personal by any stretch of the imagination. And all you have, this is like rejection is God's protection kind of a deal. You ask someone on a date, they say no. You can be pissed, but you might find out that they wouldn't have been a good partner anyway. On first blush, you might be attracted to them. You might be, you know, something about them seems appealing, but you don't know how it's going to play out over six months. So don't make the assumption that somehow you're missing out. If your style, for whatever it is, is not amenable with what's going on in the market right now, then by all means, you owe it to yourself to sit on your hands. Right? Paper trade. You know, get back in tune with the market, but it's, it's, I think it's a fool's errand if you try to come in over the top and trade the same size or worse, bigger, and or try to trade more frequently because you need to keep your head together. First and foremostly, if that's the majority of trading is somehow surrounding what people kind of refer to as mindset, that's right, that's your behavior, that's your thought process, it's also your subconscious. I get that it could be, it seems like it's a video game because none of this is really tangible, but at the same time, it's real money. And both you and your clients probably figure that it's hard enough to get the money in the first place. So in my opinion, if you want to have longevity, this will blow over. I don't know when any more than you probably do, but I know it will. And it's far better to sit on your hands and wait it out than to try to force a bad trade or even a good strategy in a bad market, right? The best folks know how to pivot and bob and weave and not get hit, right? Mike Tyson had one of the hardest, you know, punches ever. By the way, that's uh, his book was pretty damn good. Um, to be honest, so was Ronda Rousey's. Basically, my fight, your fight. That was that was a damn good book. But anyway, you know, Tyson. I am pretty sure he was a a. Um, you know, for all his power in hitting, he also had great head movement and avoided getting hit. And that's kind of like what you have to do too because so much of this is knowing how to play superior defense. In my opinion, that should be your first job is to always say, okay, I like these eight names, but when you really start to think about it and you look at it through the lens of not like I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to miss the opportunity, think about where is the name trying to trap you to take your money? And how, how, excuse me, how if you're trading, you know, one-fourth of 1% risk units, you know, how do you have eight names that could be at least, you know, a 200 basis point loss against your overall portfolio if they all don't work? Why would I say that? Well, because if you're trading a certain style and the market is, like I said, it's not conducive to what it is that you want to do. You might find that you're, you have bad luck, bad timing, or just a bad process for the current market environment. So any of those three could come, come due right about as you're about to put stuff to work. Now, there's a million things that could go wrong with the market in general, right? If bonds continue to sell off, rates go higher, you know what I mean? Like there's reverberations that happen all over the place. And when the bigger folks start moving size and they start doing their portfolio house cleaning and sector rotation, you could be hit by a deluge of selling against your long position. So 
Now, if you're buying dips, it's kind of like investment advising. Don't forget, mean reversion stuff, buying dips. The mean can change. So nothing is set in stone. I don't think anybody is safe. Um, so that would kind of conclude what I have to say about that. It's just focus on playing defense. Eventually, the markets will turn, and your system and your style will work over the markets, and you'll make money, and it'll seem very easy. And you'll make money for reasons that you can't even fathom. And you'll learn to enjoy those moments, just like you're going to have to learn how to stick it out here. Now, if you're having trouble finding names, segueing to the, the second question, you know, it's not sexy by any stretch of the imagination, but really good trading oftentimes is very simple and very boring. You can start to screen names off of the 52-week high list, for example, and just watch it for a week. See what names continue to make new highs, right? Then you can look. You can probably download it. The list, then you can chop them up based on volume, right? See where the volume's at. You know, also you can quantify and change by price so that you're not stuck with fallen angels or penny stocks, right? Now, again, I know I can hear you yawning, but the goal is to make money, not to try to come up with something that's going to rival Jim Simons and Renaissance, it doesn't have to be James Bond for it to be effective. In fact, what I love about this is that the folks who are making bank have the simplest system that's so easy to follow. Then the thing that actually makes them the money is that person's ability to just do the same damn thing over and over and over again because of its simplicity, but then also not internalize the losses. It's just money at the end of the day. And the less that you lose, the less of a recovery period that you're going to have as you dig out of a drawdown. So it's really important to keep your losses small, like tiny, and sit on your hands. I don't care if you sit on your hands for a week or a month. If that's what's appropriate for what you're trying to do, then that's what you should do. The markets will always be there. But you don't have to go feed in the slot machine every time you wake up every day. There might not be that many opportunities for you for your style. And if you get bored or if you feel like you're missing opportunity, then what ends up happening is you start looking at five-minute bars. You start doing things that aren't part of your core competency because you feel like you're missing out. And it's like, well, if it's not on the weeklies, it's got to be on the dailies. If it's not on the dailies, then it has to be on the intraday, Right? So you start inventing new reasons to be engaged with the market when all you might do is say, let's take a look at some of the newer names that are showing up on the 52-week high list, for example, and start from there and wean yourself off of some of the names from yesteryear that you had used and traded perhaps very successfully to make you know, your money you know, perhaps through 2020 and then into early 21. Right, So if you come from the mindset that your job is to protect your capital, you can see that you can be much more judicious in your selection process. And then you can be, as I like to say, kind of promiscuous and disloyal to the names that you used in the, the previous year because they're, the winners are rotating. And oftentimes those winners will show up on the 52-week high list, for example. 
Anyway, I got to get hopping because I got a million things to do. I want to thank you for being here. If you'd like a free copy of the audiobook version of The Inner Voice of Trading, you can get it for free at Martin Chronicle. It's on me. Thanks for being here, and I will see you tomorrow.